yourself a hand. You got out of bed this morning. Let's go. Come on. Hard Rock Stadium is going to be louder than that tonight. Come on. Can you deserve a round of applause? Yes. Thank you so much for making the celebration today like this. I know tonight, as I said to the Marquez, he was sitting alongside her at the stage. And so today we begin a new series called Relationship February is the month of love, it is Valentine's Day, it is my anniversary, it is the, the month of love in the Harold household, and so uh, we thought that we would just celebrate that this, uh, this month with a free series called Relationship Goals, and I'll talk to you a little bit more about that, but if you're new here at the Refuge, I want to invite you to join me in the middle classroom. Around 11.45, we'll begin uh, what's known as My Refuge, and we say uh, it is the best path to making this house your home. And so, if you want to know more about the Refuge Church, uh, today is the day to, uh, to join me to get the process started. It's a three-week process. If you can't make it next week, don't worry about it. You can skip it. You can come back to it. It's a fluid thing. So... Uh, we want you to join join us at some point in my refuge. Today is the beginning. We do it every month. So the first Sunday of every month, the second Sunday, the third Sunday, and then the fourth Sunday we do what's called a small group leaders training. And that is to help lead, uh, help train our leaders in starting small groups. And uh, we did that last week. We kick off small groups next week. Come on, somebody. That's good news. Have you missed small groups? Have you missed it? We've been we've been off of small groups for the last few weeks. Uh, we take about uh, I don't know what it is now. We take about five six weeks off. Um, eight weeks off now. I guess I'm doing the math wrong, but uh, somewhere around there. And uh, we take some time off, and then we kick them back off in uh, next next week. And it's going to be absolutely awesome. I think we have nine groups right now. Uh, nine groups that uh, will start. Been through leader training, or maybe even you want to lead a group, and you want some uh, some training like before that. We would work with you. If, if you're sitting there and you're going, man, I, I really like the way that Chief Kim is up uh, in the commentary that I can share, um, or you can always, anytime you have you want information, you can always email us at hello at refugee.church. Now, who's ready for some relationship goals? So we're going to get into uh, relationship goals this morning. As I was thinking about this uh, this series, I was thinking about all the people that come to the refuge. And here's the thing. The thing is, we have all walks of life here. And, and I absolutely love that. I believe that's what heaven's going to look like. All walks of life. And uh, all culture. And just all walks of life. And I'm really excited because... The idea that God gave me was that in relationships, in romantic relationships, so so we talk about relationships sometimes as as um, friends and getting involved and not doing life alone together. That's why we do small groups. But these are romantic relationships that we're talking about. And I thought about it, and I thought, you know, there's there are some phases to to a romantic relate relationship. There's there's the dating 
it. Hopefully, that dating phase turns into marriage. Last week, we, we t- I told you that the marriage rate in America is going down, uh, that people aren't getting married anymore. And so, uh, next Sunday, we'll uh, talk about the marriage phase. And then the last week, we're going to talk about what I call uh, a legacy. And, and that is, we're going to talk about the relationship goals that lead to a legacy. So, um, it's a progression, right? You date, and hopefully you date because you want to get married. We'll talk about that in just a few moments. And so today we're talking about the dating phase. Don't turn me off if you're married, because if you're married, you should be dating somebody who will help you get married. And all the ladies said, yeah, right? So, so like, we're going to talk about the, the, the dating phase. Um, but, but next week we're going to talk about marriage. We'll probably talk about sex, so I'm saying that so that we have a full house next Sunday. Um, my, my pastor is always going to tell you, you want your attendance to go up, um, there's a couple things you can do, but one of them is to talk about sex, so um, we might be doing that, just so you know, if you have little ears that like people music, next week you might be able to hear me sing Thanksgiving uh, to our kids during the week, uh, where they are very well But just keep in mind, my kids are in junior high school and or middle school, and they are in junior school starting right now. They're basically getting high school, so um, just know that. Uh, and they'll be in junior high school as well. And uh, as I talk about marriage, I think that it's appropriate that I ask the one that I'm married to next week. So hopefully, uh, Tanya will be speaking next week, so that we can talk about marriage and dating phase. And then the last week, I want to talk about legacy. that and follow along with all of today's 
Genesis chapter 2, verse 18 through 25 says this. It says, And then the Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. So the Lord formed from the ground all the wild animals and the birds of the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And the man chose a name for each one. He gave names to all the livestock, the birds of the sky, and the wild animals. But still there was no helper just right for him. Verse 22, so the Lord God called and caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while the man slept, the Lord took one of the man's ribs and closed it up and closed up the opening. Then the Lord made a woman from the rib and brought her to the man. At last the man was formed. This one, this one is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. She will be called woman. She will be called woman because she was taken from man. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and joins to his wife, and the two are united as one. Now the man and his wife both were both naked and felt no shame. I feel like that last verse is really appropriate. Because they were naked and felt no shame because this was paradise. It was paradise. It was, it was heaven on earth. This is where Adam and Eve were with God in the Garden of Eden and they were there together and they were naked and felt no shame. And all the men said, Amen. Right? No? Okay. This was paradise. But even in paradise, God noticed and man noticed that man needed help. Come on, somebody, ladies, in the house. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. He needed help even in paradise. Notice verse 20. But still there was no helper just right for him. I believe from this moment on, from the moment that God saw that man needed help and he created a woman to help him, I believe ever since then there has been a craving for a romantic helper in our lives. Godly relationships. That's what we're talking about. It's not just about putting the toilet paper right side or downside, whichever one it is. It's about godly relationships. Honoring God in our romantic relationships. Now, I know this might be a shock to some of you, but before uh, Tanya and I started dating, I really didn't have many girlfriends, too, as a matter of fact. I know, it's a shock. I get it. I understand. But the reason I only had two, uh, two girlfriends, really, was because I realized in my own heart that there was, there needed to be a purpose for dating. Like, like, when I would start to date someone, 
and and they weren't exactly how I wanted my wife to be. I would say see you later, or I would do something for her to say see you later. Some of those were intentional, maybe not all of them. But I would my relationships lasted two weeks at most. The only reason why I say I had two girlfriends because those were, those were the only ones that lasted longer than two weeks. I would get rid of them because I I tried my best to date with a purpose. And that purpose that I saw in dating, for me, and I believe that your life will be a lot, will, will be filled with a lot less headaches if you choose this way of dating, and that is to date with the purpose of finding a mate. Date with the purpose of finding a wife. Date for the purpose of finding a man, finding a husband. Like, date with purpose. Date, date with intentionality. Like, do it. I hope, I hope everything that I do is done with a purpose, with a purpose in mind. And so, dating was that way for me. That's the, that's, that's the way I, I went about my dating life. So, ask yourself the question, if you're in a dating relationship this morning, ask yourself, why am I doing this? Why am I dating? Now, again, I believe that this whole series, even though we're talking about relationship goals, I believe that it doesn't just talk to those that are dating, but it also speaks to all of us, those that have dated in the past, those that will date in the future. Like, it, it ha- there's something here for all of us, and I hope that we can all grasp that. So what's the big idea today? What is our big idea in talking about relationship goals? I want to give you a big idea of that today. So if you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, write this down. The big idea for today is this. We don't need another person to complete us. Jesus completes us. We don't need another person to complete us because Jesus is the one that is supposed to complete us, and he's the only one that can complete us. When I was dating, I I learned that when I can grasp this, when I can fall in love with Jesus more than anything else, that's when I found my wife. When I can find completion in him alone, I I was happy with her, I was happy without her, and that's when God brought her into my life. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. You have to have your priorities in order in all of life. It doesn't matter what phase you're in. You have to have your priorities in order. And when Jesus is the priority, he's able to complete you in a way that you can live with or without him. That's our goal. Not to live with or without it, but that Jesus is our completion. And so, the question this morning is then, how do we become complete in Jesus? How do we become complete in Jesus? In Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 through 10, I'm going to read this verse, but then I'm going to give you uh, five ways that we can be completed in Jesus out of this scripture. It's out of this scripture that I find this. And, and Verse 2 of Colossians 6 says this, And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him, and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth 
you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. Verse 8, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophy or high-sounding nonsense and come from, that come from human thinking and from spiritual powers of this world, rather from Christ. Verse 9, for in Christ, for in Christ lies, lives all the fullness of God in the human mind. So you also complete, so you are also complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruling and authority. Our completion comes from a union with Jesus, not with another person. So I want to give you five things real quick. Number one is completion begins with acceptance. Completion begins with acceptance. We have to begin with accepting Jesus. I had the privilege of growing up in a Christian home. That is a privilege. My dad was a youth pastor. And they I was I was in church the first Sunday I was born. I was I was always I was brought up to follow Jesus. And at the very young age of almost five years old. I was four, but I was almost five because it doesn't sound as crazy when I say I was almost five. In my mind, that is. That's when I I bowed on the ground. I went to my mom at, at, our, at our kitchen sink. She was doing dishes. And I told her that I wanted to accept Jesus. And she said, your dad will be home in 15 minutes. Why don't you wait? And I said, but if I die in 15 minutes, I, I don't want to die without Jesus. And she was like, oh, boy, we better pray then. <laughs> and that's how I came to know Jesus. I knew that there was an urgency in him. I knew that there was, I needed to accept him. But here's what I also know. I didn't know everything about Jesus. I didn't know that Jesus was born of a virgin. And I surely didn't know what that meant. I didn't know everything about him, but I knew I had to accept him. It's, it's the same with all of us. You don't have to know everything about Jesus to come to know him. All you have to do is accept him in your life. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10 says this. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that he made you made you right with God. And it's by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't have to know the whole theology of Jesus to accept him. And that's good news. All you have to do is be willing to come to him and to admit that, that you need him. And that he died to give you exactly what you need. And that he rose from the dead, the Bible says in Romans chapter 10, 9 and 10. And that you put your faith in him. And when you do that, you accept him into your life. And that's all it takes. But I'm afraid to tell you this morning that in, just like in any dating relationship, 
there is always a pursuit of the church. I love it. Because it, there's, there's always a pursuit in, in, in dating. When Ty and I started dating, there was obviously a, a pursuit that happened. I didn't think I was going to get her to leave me alone. You guys, like, seriously. And if you believe that, you're crazy. She didn't think I was going to leave her alone. And I chose to relentlessly pursue her. And I, I remember she got home from camping uh, one weekend, and I invited her to coffee with the intention of telling her how much I liked her. Her roommate had gotten word about it, and she warned her when she got home from camping. Um, Adam Harold likes you. I'm warning you. But she chose to go to coffee with me. And she had her intentions as well. Friend zone intentions. She's like, I don't care if you like me. I could see you being the kind of friend that I call after a hard day. I was like, there's something different about this. I'm in the ball game, guys. Like, I am in the ball game. I knew the friend zone quite well. I knew there was something different about this one. And I no longer looked at the friend zone as a trap, and I started to look at the friend zone as an opportunity. And I saw the... I saw the opportunity to chase something that I needed. I've been thinking and studying a lot lately about God's pursuit of me and God's pursuit of all of us. And I want you to know that God will relentlessly pursue you. You can put him in the friend zone all you want to, but he will run and chase after you, and he will do it over and over again until one or two things happen, until you either accept him, just like Romans 10, 9, and 10 says, or God hardens your heart. It's one of those two things. He will relentlessly pursue you until you accept him, or you just say, no, I've had enough, I'm like, and God says, fine, I'll harden your heart. And once he hardens your heart, I believe this, that oftentimes he will cause a crisis to soften. To shatter it. Because I don't know if you know much about things like ice, but when ice breaks, it shatters. It doesn't often start with just a crack, but it shatters into And, and, and so many people say, well, Pastor Adam, if God loves me, why would he cause a crisis in my life? No, 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 no. He doesn't cause the crisis. He allows the crisis to get your attention. And if the crisis shatters your heart, I have good news. 
because he formed your heart, the Bible says. He's the only one that knows how to put it back together. But your heart might have to come hard. And I don't want to see that. I don't want to see it. And God doesn't want to see it either because he will relentlessly chase after you. It starts with acceptance. He will do anything but do you acceptance. Number two, completion is a process. Completion is a process. Again, I didn't know everything about Jesus when I accepted him. But I knew that I needed him. And I accepted him. I didn't know everything that I know now when I was five years old about Jesus. If I did, For roots to take, to, to, to grab the soil, it begins with a seed being planted in it. And I don't know a whole lot about plants and a whole lot about science, but I know a few things about seeds being, growing into roots and to, to grow it up into being a plant or a tree. And that is, number one, it has to have good soil to be on. It has to be on good soil for the roots to grow down and, and to take root. The second thing that it needs is it needs water. Jesus said, first of all, Jesus talk, talked about good soil in, um, in the book of Matthew, I believe it was. He talked about rocky soil and, and fertile soil and how the, the seed needs to fall on, on, on good soil. But then he talked about he is the living water to the to the woman at the well. Lastly, it needs it needs sunlight. Jesus calls himself the light of the world. Those those analogies aren't by accident, ladies and gentlemen. In order for the process, we need those things in our lives. We need to remain good soil. We need to allow Jesus to be the light of our lives, and we need to drink the living water daily in order to grow. Completion is a process. We have to declare Jesus as Lord. We have to believe that God raised him from the dead. Romans 10, 9 and 10. That's when God gets the glory. Because Philippians chapter 1, verse 6 says this. It says, I am certain that God who began a good work within you will continue it, continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when, when Christ Jesus returns. Growth is a process. It's a process that completion is a process that begins with acceptance. The third thing that completion is, is, is it leads to thankfulness. Completion in Jesus will lead you us, it's enough. It's more than enough. 
The Bible says in John 10, 10 that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give you life abundantly. That word abundantly indicates that Jesus has enough to give us life for us, but also enough to share it with other people. Jesus can give you enough, whatever you're looking for, to share it with the world. Enough joy, enough peace, enough happiness, enough comfort. He can provide all of it. And when he provides all of it, he completes us. And it's all completed in him before us. Before us. Uh, completion in Christ is not easily achieved. Verse 8 of Colossians chapter 2. It's not easy, it's not easily pulled. When I find completion in Christ, I spend time in this book every single day. And the more time I spend in this book, I am able to recognize when something is not from this book. It's like, it's like people that, that um, catch counterfeit bills in, in circulation with, with um, the U.S. government. In order to find a counterfeit, they don't look at all the counterfeit bills and study those and study what, what's going through circulation. What they do is they look at the, the real thing, and they know the real thing so much that they can spot a phony a mile away. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know, when you're in the real thing daily, and you're studying it, and you're learning it, and you're growing in it, you can spot a phony away a mile away. You have to spend time in His Word, being complete in Jesus, means that you can spot a fake. John chapter 8 verse 32 says, You shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Number five, completion leads to satisfaction. Completion leads to satisfaction. Verse 10 talks about being complete in Jesus, and for this, we have to dig a little bit deeper. You see, the Bible, the New Testament was not written in, um, in, in English. It was written in, this part of the Bible was written in Greek. And so the original Greek word here is, um, I'm not going to try and say it because I'll look like a fool. So, um, but, it, but it means to be full. The word complete means to fill up or to be full. Now, uh, we're coming out of a season that we call 21 Days of Prayer, uh, where we focused on praying and fasting. Um, and I'm not, I, I hesitated even saying this, but because I don't want it to look like I'm patting myself on the back or anything like that. But I, I feel like you, you should know how I, how I did that, so that you can maybe learn and grow and be challenged from it. And so for three weeks, I did not eat food. I, 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 di- I did juice. I did water, I did a few smoothies, but I did not eat food for substance for three weeks. I, I fasted for three weeks. And yes, I am crazy. And at the end of my 21 days, what I noticed when I started eating again was that the smallest thing would fill me up. That I just needed, like, I think my first meal was a cup of oatmeal. Like, it was, it was very little. It would, it would fill me up. 
what I've noticed is because we're a week a week away, like it's been a whole week. I've, I've been eating food again for a week. And what I've noticed is, is that my appetite is still kind of small because what I've learned is that if I continue to eat beyond satisfaction, my appetite will grow again. And then I'll, I'll be 60 pounds plus next, this time next week. Like I'll put, on, I'll put on weight. I lost 20 pounds, and by the end of the year, I'll be plus 40 pounds if I don't, if, if I continue to eat beyond satisfaction. The word completion here is talking about being full, just like your stomach full when you eat something. That, that you are completely satisfied. After a good meal, like my wife and I, we, we had the privilege of going to the Cheesecake Factory last week. And when we ate there, listen, because I had just come off the fast, we split the Bang Bang Chicken and Shrimp, the best thing on the menu. And later on, we got a, che- a piece of cheesecake and we split that too. And we ended up having to take some of that home. Because I was, I was so full. When you're so full, like, you can't put another piece of food in your mouth. Like, like if I put another piece of cheesecake in my mouth, I would have vomited. Because it was, it, was, it was so much food. Here's the point. When Jesus completes us, there is absolutely nothing else that will satisfy us. Not drugs, not sex. Not alcohol, not addiction, not not the approval of man, but the approval of God. Not not anything that you struggle with, that you that you are craving. None of that is satisfaction anymore, because Jesus completes you. That you are completely satisfied in Him, and that's our goal, because that is where we find freedom. When we don't need all that other nonsense, that's what freedom looks like. is that if you're dating, date other people that have Christ at the center of their life. If you're dating, only look for people that love Jesus. If if Jesus is the very most important thing to you, why would you date someone that he's the fifth most important thing to? Why? Only date someone that has mutual love for Jesus because what happens is when you love Jesus together, you will grow together, you will learn together, and your life will be so much sweeter and so much, your marriage will be so much stronger because you have a mutual love for that thing. When you're dating someone, you're looking for someone with something in common. Why, if Jesus is first in your life, very first, why would you follow, why would you fall in love with anyone that he's your tenth? Number two, focus on purity. Ooh, I'm about to preach. And I'm out of time, so 
Focus on purity. Again, ask yourself, what's the purpose of dating? Is it for sex? Or is it to fall in love with someone that you can spend the rest of your life with? Let me put it a little bit more harshly. Ladies, if your goal is for him to put a ring on you, if your goal is for him to put a ring on it, why would he buy the cow when he can milk it for free? I said it. I did say that. Why? If the goal is marriage, why would he marry you if you're already doing married things before you get married? What's the purpose? Focus on purity. Number three, avoid the appearance of sin. Avoid the appearance of sin. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 22 says, stay away from every kind of evil. The King James, old school King James version says, to abstain from the appearance of that which is evil. If it looks like sin, run away from it. Billy Graham was known so much for not being uh, alone with a, with a woman that, that isn't his wife um, so well that Wikipedia actually has a rule on it called the Billy Graham rule. You can go to Wikipedia later today and you can look it up. And this is what the Billy Graham rule said. It says, Billy, the Billy Graham rule is a practice among some male, and I'm going to add, and some female evangelical Protestant leaders, in which they avoid spending time alone with men or women to whom they are not married. Just to avoid the appearance of evil. If, if, if it wasn't Ruth Graham, Billy wasn't having dinner with her. Because it was, it was that important. And, and cultures try to twist this and make it about sexism and things like that. That's not what it was. It was about the appearance of evil. This is why if you're dating with someone, I'm going to, now I'm going to, I only wore this shirt for a reason. This isn't a cultural, uh, uh, this isn't politically correct. But, but the Bible isn't either. This is why if you're, if, if you're dating someone you're not married to them, again, if the goal is marriage, this is why I highly encourage you not to flip the phone before you marry them. Because if the goal is marriage, again, why would, why would, why would anyone marry somebody that you're already doing married things with? And I say that with, with an enormous amount of love, wanting you to succeed Finally, number four, or number four is find purpose in the pain of your past. If you want your relationships to center on Jesus, find what he was teaching you back when you felt that pain, when you, when you got hurt, so that he could teach you, not that it would
find a purpose in the pain and then grow from it so that your relationship to be honest can proceed. And if Jesus is at the center, I promise you, he is the only one that can heal your heart crack that you can experience. Let's go bow to God. Psalm 34, 18 says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. Maybe this morning you're here and Pastor Adam, I, my heart's been broken too much to be able to ever say I do. Maybe, maybe you're here and you're in a relationship that isn't pure. Maybe you're here and you're in a relationship that, that you know God is against for whatever reason. I want you to know this morning that God will relentlessly pursue. In fact, the Bible says, relentlessly pursued it by sending his son Jesus so that whosoever believes in him whosoever accepts him will not perish but have everlasting life ladies and gentlemen the pursuit of God for mankind was so much love that he sent the only son that he had to die for end of every service, we have a moment to reflect on what we've heard. We have a moment to reflect on what God has spoken to our heart. You see, if we don't come to this moment of reflection, then we've, we've just wasted our time. It's just been another Sunday morning where we've come to this, to gather together, we've sung some songs some conversation, but there's never been any life change. There's never been any, any heart change. So we have to get to this moment. In just a moment, my friend uh, Elaine and uh, Brooke will be uh, up here at the at the front to pray with anyone that that needs prayer for. We don't ever want you to leave here without being prayed for if you're going through something that you could use prayer for. But I want to talk to you, that those of you that that you feel God's pursuit for whatever reason. And that it's time that you accept it. If that's you, would you do me a favor just so I know who I'm talking to? Would you slip your hand up in the air so I can say hi? Yeah, thank you. Anybody else? Couple hands over here on, the, on my left. Anybody else? I, I need to accept Jesus. If you raise your hand, I wanna I wanna lead you in a in a prayer. But if there's any decision that any of you make this morning on the back of that connection card, feel free to mark it, write it down, so that so that we can follow up and help you in this decision. It's not something that you do alone. 
this decision is not a decision to be done alone. God raised him from the grave so that he could overcome death and so that I could overcome sin by his precious life. Come into my life and save me and take me home to be with you someday. Help me to live for you now. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Would you do me a favor? Would you give God a hand today? Come on. Come on, we're going to sing a song and then we'll be dismissed.